Isaiah chapter 63, beginning at the first verse. Who is this that cometh from Edom with dyed garments from Bozra? Bozra was up in the north of Israel. This that is glorious in his apparel, traveling in the greatness of his strength. I that speak in righteousness, mighty to save. So obviously the one being described here is the Lord Jesus Christ. Because he's mighty to save. If you're not saved, he can save you today. If he can save me, he can save anybody. So what about this great one, this wonderful Savior who's described here? Let's read on, verse 2. Wherefore art thou red in thine apparel, and thy garments like him that treadeth in the winefat? I have trodden the winepress alone, and of the people there was none with me. For I will tread them in mine anger, and trample them in my fury. And their blood shall be sprinkled upon my garments, and I will stain all my raiment. So the blood here is not his own blood that he shed for our redemption, but it's the blood of his enemies. And we'll read about that blood in Revelation 14 in just a moment. Verse 4, For the day of vengeance is in mine heart, and the year of my redeemed is come. And I looked, and there was none to help. And I wondered that there was none to uphold. Therefore mine own arm brought salvation unto me, and my fury it upheld me. And I will tread down the people in mine anger, and make them drunk in my fury. And I will bring down their strength to the earth. So let's turn over to the book of Revelation. And it's chapter 14. And we're beginning at verse 17, Revelation 14, verse 17. And another angel came out of the temple which is in heaven, he also having a sharp sickle. And another angel came out from the altar which had power over fire, and cried with a loud cry to him that had the sharp sickle, saying, Thrust in thy sharp sickle and gather the clusters of the vine of the earth, for her grapes are fully ripe. And the angel thrust in his sickle into the earth and gathered the vine of the earth and cast it into the great winepress of the wrath of God. And the winepress was trodden without the city and blood came out of the winepress even onto the horse bridles by the space of a thousand and six hundred furlongs. One of the most famous places associated with Jerusalem Day is Ammunition Hill. It's one of the places that the Jews remember because at Ammunition Hill, one of the fiercest battles of the Six-Day War took place. 36 IDF soldiers were killed in the uh, attempt to liberate Jerusalem, which ultimately was successful. And because of the sacrifice of those 36 men, Jerusalem or East Jerusalem was liberated. A memorial was built 
1974 to those who had laid down their lives on Ammunition Hill. There's a museum at it today. You can go to the museum and see the inscriptions and the the different artifacts there as the people of Israel, and particularly the people of Jerusalem, remember the cost that was involved in their freedom. Freedom isn't free. Freedom costs. 182 IDF soldiers gave their lives in the Six-Day War and in the liberation of Jerusalem. We come today to another battle, to another war, which is infinitely greater and more significant even than the Six-Day War or the battle for Jerusalem, significant though they were. We come today to think about the battle of Armageddon. It's one of those phrases in the book of Revelation that everybody knows about. It's a bit like the mark of the beast, even if you have no time for God and you're an atheist and you've never read the Bible, you still know about the battle of Armageddon. Uh, it's, it's just so famous. Of course, Armageddon is a place in Israel, the uh, Valley of Megiddo. I've been there, maybe you've been there too. It's a vast area, vast open plain. But in Revelation chapter 14, we have this trailer, if you like, for, for Armageddon. You know how it is for a, a movie that's coming out or a, a documentary. There's, there's always the trailer that goes beforehand. Only lasts a couple of minutes, but it whets your appetite for the movie or the documentary. We have a trailer, as it were, for Armageddon here in chapter 14 of Revelation. More, there's more description and more uh, is told and described about the Battle of Armageddon in chapter 16. That's really when you get um, to the, the main part of uh, Revelation and, uh, and how it, it speaks of this awesome Battle, this awesome war that's going to take place at the end of the tribulation period. The Antichrist will have gathered all his armies, the armies of the world. They'll all be gathered to a great valley in Israel, the Valley of Jezreel. And they will be massing there for one final assault on the city of Jerusalem. And at the last moment, Jesus Christ will return with his saints to do battle with them. So that's what we want to think about today for a few moments as we come to the end of the service. Last week we thought about the harvest of the grain. Today it's the vintage of the grapes. Last week the focus was on the saved, the Lord Jesus gathering his people into the heavenly barn or the heavenly garner. Do you remember we, we said the garner was a place of safekeeping where the grain would be preserved. And the Lord Jesus someday is going to gather all of us who are washed in his blood safely into the heavenly garner and we will be safe forevermore. But today it's the, those who are lost. It's the lost. What is Jesus going to do with them? Those who are rebels against him. Those who have rejected his gospel. You see, it's, it's only those who reject the gospel of Christ who end up in hell. 
And, of course, hell is just punishment for anyone who would do such a wicked thing as to reject the gospel. So let's think about the the vintage or the harvest of the grapes today. We're told, first of all, about the warriors that are involved in this, this judgment. The warriors or soldiers, if you like. The two angels. I want you to think about that today. We're told the two angels are the vanguard in this battle of Armageddon. Look at verse 17. And another angel. Look at verse 18. And another angel. Two angels involved in judgment. Ring a bell, anybody? Sodom and Gomorrah. You remember whenever the Lord destroyed Sodom and Gomorrah with fire and brimstone because of their homosexuality, do you remember that two angels were involved? If you don't remember, listen to the words of Genesis 19 verse 1. And there came two angels to Sodom at even. Two angels. Two angels in the battle of Armageddon. Two angels in Sodom. Do you know that we're living in Sodom today? New Sodom, you could call it. We're we're a hundred times worse than the Sodom of the Bible ever was. You see, we, we have got to the stage today where we print 50 pence pieces to celebrate the 50th anniversary of Pride. You know that has just happened. The Royal Mint have minted a 50 pence piece to celebrate 50 years of gay pride. Thank goodness, thank God, it won't be in circulation, but it is still available to purchase online. We're living in Sodom, folks. Of course, we live in a city that's famous for its rainbow pedestrian crossing. Wonder if you ever have you been unfortunate enough to have had to walk across the rainbow crossing in the city. We're living in Sodom. This past week, from last Sunday until Thursday, the World Economic Forum has been meeting for their annual gathering in Davos, Switzerland. One of the items on their agenda was, and I quote, driving LGBTQI plus resilience through equity. In layman's terms, that's just promoting sodomy. The World Economic Forum. But then everybody thinks, oh, these people, they're so benevolent and they're just thinking of us and they just want our good. Well, people who think like that need to wake up. Because these people, the powers that be, these elitists, these megalomaniacs, we could call them, are not interested in your good or my good. 
No, they're only interested in promoting evil and in particular sodomy. And so, folks, the reality is that we're living in Sodom, aren't we? How long before the Lord sends his angels to judge our nation and our world? You see, the thing about Sodom was it was just a city, one city that was uh, taken over by sodomites and polluted by homosexuality. But the problem in our world today is that, that sodomy is worldwide. It's not just restricted to one area or one city, but it's a global problem. And this world is heading for judgment. We are on a collision course with the Almighty. Sodom had no Bible, and yet God judged it. We are coming down with Bibles today. You just take the average home and, I mean, you could probably go around and pick up half a dozen Bibles. And while you're at it, you probably need to get Mr. Sheen out and wipe away the dust on them. We have all these Bibles and yet we promote sodomy and woe betide anyone who speaks out against it. You're going to be blackened. You're going to be vilified. You're going to be public enemy number one. And so we find here that the warriors, they go forth on an errand of judgment. Yes, the two angels come to Armageddon just as the two angels had come to Sodom. But there's not only the warriors when we think of Armageddon, but there's the war zone. We want to think about the war zone today. In verse 20 of Revelation chapter 14, you read about the war zone and what took place in that war zone, or what will take place, I should say, in that war zone. Revelation 14 verse 20, And the winepress was trodden without the city. And blood came out of the winepress even onto the horse bridles by the space of a thousand and six hundred furlongs. What a description of this gruesome war zone. There's the carnage of it all, the carnage. It, it's describing a war where millions will die as they are trodden underfoot by the Son of God. There's a sea of blood described here. Yes, a sea of blood. 200 miles long, 5 feet deep. Longer than the length of the Holy Land. A sea of blood. But then we have a sea of blood today in our nation, don't we, and in our world and I'm referring, of course, to abortion. Abortion. What was the leading cause of death in our world in 2021? You guessed it. Abortion. How many little unborn image bearers were slaughtered in 2021? 43 million. That's a lot of blood. 
That's a lot of innocent blood. In fact, I'd go as far as to say that's a sea of blood. During the years of the Troubles in our province, 4,000 people or thereabouts lost their lives. Do you know that over the last couple of years since the abortion law and the abortion regulations have been introduced in our nation, our little country, our little province, the same number of children have died in the womb. You not think we're ripe for judgment? Little image bearers in the womb. The Imago Day slaughtered and butchered a sea of blood. Is it any wonder then that the Lord rises up in judgment in Revelation chapter 14 to bring judgment on those who have promoted and supported this evil. You do know that it's all part of the depopulation strategy, the eugenics agenda of the elites in our world. I mean, they all support abortion because it keeps the population down. They have discounted God. They don't even believe in God. Most of them are atheists. And so God is ruled out of the equation and man is in control of the world and puny fallen man in his, in his darkness thinks that there, that there isn't enough supply in this planet to provide for all the people who live here when the reality is that the creator God has put ample supply for all 8 billion people who live in this planet. But man rules God out of the equation so... He comes to his depopulation eugenics agenda. And abortion fits in very, very nicely with that agenda. Klaus Schwab, a man who describes most of the world's population as useless eaters, a phrase, by the way, which was used by Adolf Hitler, he wants to reduce the world population to, wait for it, one billion. That's getting rid of a lot of people. But it's no surprise because Mr. Swab's father was a hardened Nazi party member who worked for an industrial company that manufactured flamethrowers to kill Allied soldiers. Well, whenever the battle of Armageddon takes place, the Lord Jesus Christ will judge men like Klaus Schwab and so many other names that we could drop today, so many other names we could mention who are promoting abortion, promoting all kinds of evil. And there's a sea of blood today that very, very few will speak up about from a pulpit. But the Lord is coming to judge. 
And though hand join in hand, the book of Proverbs says, the wicked shall not go unpunished. There will be carnage someday, but it's only right and it's only fair because of the carnage that has been inflicted on the little image bearers in their mother's wombs. But you know, I want to finish today with a message of hope, a positive message, if you like, because in Revelation chapter 14, I see the cross. You see, you've not only got the carnage of this war zone, but you've got Calvary. You notice that it says that it's without the city. This, this battle of Armageddon where the blood flows, it's without the city. Verse 20. Or we would say outside the city. What city is it talking about? Well, it's the city of Jerusalem. Today is Jerusalem Day. We remember the liberation of Jerusalem. The uniting, the reunification of Jerusalem. But of course we remember above all else today that a man called Jesus walked outside the city walls of Jerusalem 2,000 years ago to a place called Calvary, which is within this area where the battle of Armageddon will take place. And his, his blood flowed His precious blood flowed for your redemption and for my redemption. His precious blood flowed where the blood of evil men will flow at the battle of Armageddon. You see in Hebrews chapter 13 verse 12, it tells us wherefore Jesus that he might sanctify the people with his own blood suffered without the gate. Outside the gate... Outside the city walls of Jerusalem. And then the writer to the Hebrews goes on to say, Let us therefore go forth unto him without the camp bearing his reproach. Have you gone have you gone forth unto him? Have you ever made your way to the cross by faith and bowed? before the Lord in prayer and said, Lord, I thank you for dying for me. And from this day on, I want you to be king of my life. If you haven't done it, you need to do it today without delay because you don't know if you'll see another Sunday in God's house. There is a green hill far away without a city wall where the dear Lord was crucified who died to save not some of us but us all. Let's pray. Lord, we come before you today and we acknowledge that as a nation we are ripe for judgment. Any nation that slaughters the unborn, 
deserves your wrath. Well, Lord, we think of all the millions of children in the United Kingdom who have been butchered since 1967. Lord, all we can say is have have mercy on our nation. Turn us, O God, of our salvation. Cause thy face to shine upon us, and we shall be saved. Turn us, Lord, from our wicked ways. And we even pray for the day that it will come whenever abortion will be illegal in our nation. Thank you for Calvary, for that wonderful cross where our Lord Jesus bled and died. Thank you for those in our service today who have been to the cross. But we pray for any who haven't. That, Lord, you would bring them to the cross today. At the cross, at the cross, where I first saw the light and the burden of my heart rolled away. It was there by faith I received my sight. And now I am happy all the day. O Lord, answer prayer today, we pray. For we pray in Jesus' name. Amen.